true men of God should be and ought to be. Lord, you have never seen the righteous forsaken, and you will not forsake us. Lord, our nation is turning to a direction that Eastern nations have been on for hundreds of years. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us. Help us be the light. Help us to burn bright. Put on the armor of light, even starting tonight as we get into the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, got a twist for you. We're going to throw in another song, just two songs. You'll recognize it if you'd like to stand, please. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. It's sung a little different. Don't panic, we're not going to sing like that. Just follow the words, blessed assurance, sing in your manly tongue, praising God. Towards the end, he kind of goes up and does his little thing. Forget that, we're not doing any of that. So, Michael, blessed assurance, very simple words. You are our blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Lord, I pray for our president, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that... He also would find Christ like we have, Lord. God, that you would move through his life, Lord. You would save him. You would save his wife, Lord Jesus, and his girls. Lord, we ask that you would move by the power of Almighty God. Fill that White House with God the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord, let a close friend, let somebody that he loves and relaxes around be a man or a woman of God, and Lord, let them witness boldly and strong to him. Redeem him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good ask Dale to come up. Dale. Okay, Dale, going to be our... Yeah, here. Write down some words that you're going to give them. Okay, so here's a question. We did get a couple questions last week. This one kind of fits right in with the lesson we get that far. Here's what it says, and then give it some thought, and maybe in a word, two words at the most. You can let Daryl know, and he'll put them up there in some order. That's pretty flimsy, Daryl, so hang on to that board. It says, what does it mean? To love my wife as Christ loves the church. What's that mean? It's scripture. It's in the word. Troy. Lay down himself. Lay down. Yep. Lay down his life. Lay down your life. Dana? Unconditionally. 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 Uh, Tom, did you have one? That was it? Okay. Now this is this is bad if we have sixty guys in two words. <laughs> That's not a bad Brian? Uh, the word sacrifice. Sacrifice. What does it mean to love my wife as Christ loves the church? Bruce? Christ in me? We'll go with that. Uh, was that you? Forgiving. Forgiving. Alan? Overlooking the faults. Does Christ happen to overlook your faults? Well, boy, aren't you glad he does? It's called mercy. 
every morning. There was another hand. Dick? Dying to self. Is that up there? Pretty much? Okay. I heard something, but I didn't. Never ending. Adam? Generously. Generously. Yes. Minister to her. If you guys are getting it, or you just know the teacher's answers? What do you think? <laughs> Faithfully. A leader. I'm sort of glad that the Lord's in charge. Don? Respectfully. If our ladies come in here after we were gone, they would love to see those words written up there. They would love it. Jeff? Compassionately? Roger? Okay. Um, I know what you're saying. It's how can we say it better for the chalkboard? I, yeah. <laughs> Empathy. Okay, I see. I see we're we're going quite well. Any others? Yes. Aware. Adam, did you have another one? Yes. Was it? What does it mean to love my wife as Christ loves the church? So there's your answer. Yes. Protector, absolutely. We had to stop early last week from where I was trying to get to, just due to time restraints. Thanks, Daryl. That's great. No, nah, I can just leave it up there for now. I mean, look at these words. They're absolutely awesome. Okay? Now, we all fail. That is just the way it is. But these ought to be in your marriage the best of your ability. They ought to be. Laying down your life unconditionally, sacrificing. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's what God calls us to do. That's what he's done for you and I. And then so he pens it in here and says, you ought to love your wives like I love the church. Which means how he loves me. That's what he's saying. Okay, so when we, we are really without excuse because then God fills us with his power. He can fill us with his love. The Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Spirit of God, by God the Holy Ghost. So then you start going, oh, yeah, I'm getting this. Really, it should be. Now, the issue with us men, and you can see it, uh, again, um, women outvote men. By a bunch. They are the, probably the biggest uh, voting block in our country. And probably because men just don't, uh, I don't... I really don't know why, but I found that interesting to find out that they uh, outvote the men all the time. All the time. <clears throat> and by the way, we're the leaders. I mean, I actually take the ballot with my wife, and I say, look... These are the ones that we've got, to, we've got to go for. These are the ones we're going to give the best shot. <clears throat> These are the ones that we believe line up the close to the Word of God. I don't just let her go in there and her go. It's just here. Take, take your best shot. 
I mean, that's, that's part of being a leadership, in leadership. Now, here's where we want to go. In Genesis 1.27, we read that God created man. <clears throat> he created man in his own image. You, you need to understand that, man, as you sit here and maybe sometimes you feel like a lump or you feel like a waste or you feel like you are made in the image of Almighty God. You are. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean God is my skin color and your hair color and his height and that weight. No, these are the emotions of how we are. That's how God made us, in his emotions. I mean, if they were up there having a meeting, the Trinity, you know, how should we make God? And they went, they went let's make him like us. That's pretty awesome if you think about it. And from the eon of time, man has been trying to be torn down by the enemy and now by the world and by everything else. You know, we kind of chuckled. But when I grew up, uh, fathers on TV were great role models, very good role models. Father knows best. You know, even, even the names. Now, you know, they're buffoons, they're fools, they're idiots, they're silly, they're dumb. It's, it's a spiritual attack to destroy the family. Because as you can see, as our family's destroyed, then the church is weak and then our nation is weak. And that's what's happening. Okay, we now have more single parent families than we'd have husband, uh, father, and mother families in our nation. So God made man in his image. The Bible says, in the image of God, he created him male and female. Okay, so here we see that women and men were designed to reflect God's image over the rest of over the rest of His creation. You know, we have our our side that we have to do the providing, the protecting, the caring. They have their side where they do that loving and that nurturing and that raising. And God puts us together, and it creates a, a just a little bit of a picture of what God is and who He is to us. Now here's where we messed up. Man, one of man's three main responsibilities, Adam had a will and he was to obey. To obey God. Created man, placed him in the garden, and he didn't tell him go buy a hammock. He told him to dress it and keep it. Take care of it. Watch over it. And, it was, uh, and so the next one was Adam had work to do. So he had... Uh, Commands to obey, he had work to do, and then God gave him a woman to love and to care for. He's what he's starting out responsibilities as a man. And you know, you, you have them. Now, some of our younger folks here still aren't married, but they're now they're at that part where they have that will and they need to obey. And then all God also expects our young men even to work. Go out and work. Get in that work field. And soon they will have a wife that they would have to love here pretty soon and protect and care for themselves. But something happened. Standing under that tree, that forbidden fruit, the enemy comes and deceives Eve. It was man's job to obey the word of God. And then to protect her and to let her know. But it's like in God's, and, and man's first major test, he checked out. He wasn't there. I don't know if he was standing right there and didn't care or he was too busy watching the game. I don't know where he was, but he checked out. He wasn't doing his God-given role. 
to protect and care for his wife. Now, I think if we took a vote, you might pretty much say 100%, but don't you believe that the majority of the women, majority, you can't say all cars have fenders, because some don't, but the majority of women can easily be deceived, tricked. They can be, by a salesman, by some guy that just wants to make some advances. Uh, you're going to think as an idiot. You just call it pretty much true, pretty logical, pretty... And they can be deceived. They're more sensitive in the areas of, of life than we are, and where it is a blessing when it comes to the Spirit of God, we should have compassion on the people. It's also a place where they can be gullible and deceived and tricked. And God gave them those emotions to be that way, to be a helpmate to you, to bring that into the life of our children and in the world, compassion. But on the other side of it, they can be tricked and deceived. But God is counting on you to protect them from that. Honey, that guy's an idiot. Stay away from him. Okay, I mean, that's the truth. So, but in that moment, Adam checked out. He didn't do it. Instead of doing, look, instead of doing the hard work of manly leadership, he let it fly. It's hard work being manly leadership. It is. A lot of our young folks or younger men now are having babies, and that's a lot of work. They come in and look like they're moving all the time. Look like they're moving the house every time. They got this bag here, a bag there, a bassinet there, and we're coming in with all this. Well, there'll be a time in life when those guys are bigger that you feel like the Gestapo. Where are you going? Who are you going with? When are you coming home? Who's driving? Whose house is that? And us men, check out. It's work. And it's that leadership that is absolutely needed. And what's happened to us as men, he refused to protect his wife from the serpent's advances. And Eve, being deceived, was tricked by the enemy, and the whole humanity fell. Because when Adam was to step up, he checked out. And what we have now, it's almost like a doggone curse. It's like we have passive men now. Passiveness. Passive masculinity. Instead of being men. So that's your mother say whatever. That's that thing again walking in the restaurant. They always look at the woman because they know that passive he ain't gonna say anything. He ain't gonna do anything. He's not gonna step up to the plate. And so they look at the woman. And that's another part of the fall. If we get long enough, we'll see to it. And remember, Eve was deceived. And the Bible tells us in Listen to this verse. If I can find it. I fear, at least by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Deceive, deception, save. This is okay. Check this fruit out. Adam should have stepped up and said, That's wrong. It's a trick. But he didn't. He, he checked out the, the passivity. She went and did it, and everything fell. And it's still happening today. 
I'm telling you, as a pastor, oh, uh, men are AWOL all the time. All the time. <clears throat> and now it's probably becoming both men and women in the world, but as Christianity, man is supposed to be the head of the home, he's supposed to be the high priest, he's supposed to be the protector, the one that seeks God and gets a direction, wife comes alongside as a help me, brings in that compassion where he can have more intimate relationships, understanding things more better from her, and then lead. And then you have children, and you produce godly, God-fearing, so that they can do something in their generation that they're brought up in. So, man checks out, and here we are now in 2012. It's the truth. Men are nowhere to be found. In Isaiah, God says, I'll make more man more rare than gold, or whatever the, the actual word is, can't remember. And it's almost like a judgment on a nation. And I think our nation is under God's judgment. It just is. just has to be. And we're paying the price to man passivity in serving God. Now look, I don't know for sure. Pat Fisher's working, but Christy Fisher oversees our Sunday school. Um, I'll just ask, uh, how many men teach Sunday school in this church? Children's Sunday school. Yeah, that's a okay. A helper. We have two that teach one once in a while and a helper. Out of our leaders. Who said it's a written rule that men shouldn't be involved in teaching Sunday school? Who said that's a woman's job? Well, I'll we'll go stand in the rain or something. That manly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, why is that? Why is that? That's spiritual warfare to be involved in the ministry. It takes courage. The enemy hates vacation Bible school, despises it, hates it. That's why every time we have them, we get close, we anoint and pray for everybody in it. Because we know what the enemy would like for us to just be divided, argue, yell, and scream like they do in Congress at each other and ruins the whole VBS vacation Bible school experience for children that we don't even know. They have an opportunity to hear the word of God through singing, through skit, through laughter, and it's blown. The enemy goes, whew, that was close. Them has heard the Bible six days in a row. So this is we, a real man, rejects the passivity stuff. Now you're not called to be a Hitler or a Mussolini, not at all. But you're called to be a little, and you are wired for it. You're wired by God. Look, some of us are laid back. I'm a laid back guy. Yeah. Some of us are out of my way. Okay? Neither one of those are good. The get out of the way guy could injure 50 people on the way to try to do something. The lay back guy can ruin 50 people's lives because he never stepped up to do something. The key is we are to be spirit controlled. God made me this way. He has, he's made me. I'm not a gas. 
At times I would go and say, you God, why can't I be a gas? I'm not a gas, but I could be spirit-controlled. And that's the key, us as men. No characteristic is better than the other. We're all crazy without spirit of God controlling them. And that's what you and I have to be for our lives, because they are emotional units. Strange units. They are. I shared that about, remember, was it a couple of weeks ago? Ruth just woke up two in the morning. I was still watching the election junk. I just kind of was into it, and God chastised me about that, too. Just weeping and crying. What happened? Two in the morning, what could happen? The dream. Remember the dream? I told you she had a dream that something horrible happened to one of her grandchildren. And I'm thinking, okay, if this is a dude, and you wake up and say, oh, thank God. Right? Typical guy. Oh, it was an hour. Remember, I told you I made a tea, sat her down. She was, <laughs> I was like, Ruth, it was just a dream, babe. Relax. Prayed. That's made no sense to me, but I'm not wired like her. I've got one switch. Bad dream, you're up, go back to sleep. And hers is just, she even told Jason like he was the bad guy almost. It was just a dream. <laughs> you know how he is with that dream. I said, Ruth, it's just a dream. Very emotional, very emotional. And you are called by God to cover that when they get out of that. You understand, their whole bodies are controlled by hormones that we don't even have. And God created them that way. Now, I kind of just say, well, you know, strange unit, and I hope that doesn't offend God. But he created them that way for a purpose for us. And when they would kind of go a little haywire or a wire cross, he expects us not to be passive, but to be proactive and take care of our life and minister to it, like all these words you said. All those words that we are supposed to do. And usually this stuff comes when you don't want to do it. Tired, just have got one boot off, one boot on, and work was horrible. And I don't think it was a, ever a very good day to die on the cross for me. So the Lord is wanting this in us. If you have your word, turn to Jeremiah 10, 23, and if someone doesn't mind reading nice and loud, raise your hand when you get to that. Yeah. You got it? Yeah. Nice and loud. Okay, is that King James? New King James? Anybody have a different translation? That's good. That was good. What do you got, Chris? Okay, read that one. I know more than our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. Okay, so there's, there's scripture telling us, and us as men have difficulty with this because we always like to think we can do things. God says it's not in you to know what to do. It's not in you. 
And so that's why we have to go to God in order to be able to minister like that to our women, to our wives. That kind of stuff's not in us. We want to say, well, I had a bad day too. I mean, that's, that's what's in us. In this little clip we have towards the end, where he's talking to his son who's so frustrated over his wife because he's trying to be like that to her, and she's not responding. And he looks at his son and says, it's because you can't give her what you don't have. And what he didn't have was the relationship with God to be able to express that to her. That's what we need. Now, I'm not even saying that you're not saved. I'm not saying that. You're here on a Wednesday night. Dude's being here on a Wednesday night. That's a miracle in itself. I'm not saying I'm talking about the religion. That, that's not just saved stuff there. That's getting into the things with God. Letting God get into your heart and really trying to make you something that you need to be to her and to his lost and dying world. And so he says, you start right here with whom I've given you. Your Eve. We can't give them this stuff. I would love to be Ruthie's own all. I would love that. I'd suck that up. But I cannot be. I can't. It's too hard to spin on me. But I would love to be it. But there is one who's an all in all. And he can place things in us. We can be that leader. Some of us kind of have a better handle on leading. Some of us have a better handle on being compassionate. You know what? It's a lot easier to buy your wife one rose and a Hershey kiss than to be a leader and a compassion. Just just don't think those little notes and that little no. A lot of times I've had women saying, I want a candy bar. I just want to tell you what we're going to do. Because we're passive and we're missing in our relationships. We're missing in them. We're checked out just like Adam did. Okay, now, kind of quickly maybe. I'm going to give you some. Uh, it says here, wife's top five love needs. Uh, I don't know if I'd say top five, but we're going we're gonna to lay them out there just to show you. This is the kind of stuff that should be in you that she will respond to. You know, man's the initiator. Women receive. Okay? It's man that likes to go hunt for a woman. He's the initiator. He goes there and goes, hey, hey, and she either responds or he will look for another. You're the hunter. Well, you've found yours now. And so in the spiritual realm, you're the initiator. Ruth said to me, she goes, we're going to be speaking on, um, oh, what did she say? Receiving. I think that's what she said. And I'm going, what? Receiving? The heck are you talking about? I'm digging a hole. And she's talking about receiving each other and the first time we see each other coming back from work or whatever. I didn't have a clue what she's talking about. And she kind of looked at me and said, and you need work on it. (laughs) (laughs) 
because we talked about that a couple months ago. And for a while, I remember good. I remember. You know, however, I'm not saying a certain way to, just saying, hi, babe, you know, kiss her, how was your day? Whatever. And so that's what she's talking about. All right, number one, this is, is up, up on our board. That's why I said, either you know what the teacher wants or you really are getting unconditional love and acceptance. That's what your wife wants. Isn't that what you want? That's what I want from God. I want unconditional love because I know I need it. I don't want conditional love because I fail. Conditional love means I've got to do 50 jumping jacks to get his love. 49, 50, and then it's what? Do 100. What? No, I go 65. I can't, I can't. He still loves me. It's unconditional love. That's what I want. That's what I need. And acceptance. When I walk into the throne room, I want God to go, you again. Oh, that would destroy me. Receiving, kind of. So unconditional love and acceptance. And it's, it's like what Christ does to us. This question is perfect, whoever wrote it, because it's unconditional love. I was drunk when I got right with God. He didn't go, you smell like a brewery. I just was praying, God, please, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, God. I just know that unconditional love and acceptance. No, he doesn't expect me to be like that now. Just like I don't expect my 36-year-old son to be wearing a bib. They did when he was 36 months. Same as me and God and the things of God. You grow. Unconditional love and acceptance, just like Christ gave me his unconditional love. He's the source of it, and I can reflect this God's love to her by loving her that way to the best of my ability, receiving it from him so I can give it. All I am is a conduit. God, this is beyond me. God, please let me see my wife's needs and give conduit. So I don't go here trying to find the needs. I don't have it. I can't do it. I'm too selfish too. So I go to God. God, help me to minister to my wife. I was saying that this morning. For a while. I think I just said that a little while ago about to the church, all the people. You see them kind of rattled on Facebook and little despair. And, oh my God, you got to give me something to say to them. I'm not going to walk up and say, well, no. I'm thinking, God, you've got to minister to me so I can minister to them. And I tell God, and you got by Sunday morning. Because they're all going to be coming to church. And that's what God, you go to God. You become the conduit and you give it. And it's to her. If you all have a wife here, you have a one-person congregation church, and you're the pastor. And the pastor is the best servant of all. 
Now, here's some things that she's going to want out of this unconditional love and these needs. She wants respect. Is that what? Yeah, someone said respect. Respectful. Respect. She wants respect. Just, just the way it is. So do you. Okay? And she wants someone that will talk with her. Here's the hard part. They do commercials about this. And listen. Which, I, don't know, I can't even think of the commercial. The guy gets a Klondike bar or something. If he listens for five seconds to his wife, he's like, oh, she's a baby. Five seconds. <laughs> Saying it's torture to listen to our wives. Because we, we have never cultivated that relationship. It happened to me again today. <laughs> oh my gosh. I asked the Lord to help me. God gave me something. I put it on Facebook and people just responded to it left and right and was excited. And... and um, Ruth came home around four. I got home about four also. I failed the receiving test. Um, so we're sitting down having a light dinner because it caused too much stuff to have to do afterwards. And Ruth and I will just kind of uh, sort of tease each other to see how many likes we get about something. You know, I got 15 likes and you got nine. Yeah, so um, so this, this thing was pushing 50 likes. And I was going, she's right across the She goes, what are you doing? I said, I want to see how many likes I got. She goes, we're eating together. You're right. <laughs> she wanted to talk. She didn't want to see my face in that. She wanted to talk, so it was, I just started okay talking, whatever. We I lived these things day by day, even as I tried to teach this stuff to us. They don't want just someone talking, they want someone listening, someone who will spend time with her. Spend time. And we got two bikes in May to ride, those cruiser bikes, not those kind that hurt you when you sit on them and all that stuff. They're nice big old cruisers. We live on a flat road, kind of a cul-de-sac, half a mile one way, come up down to do a mile. And so we have a do for a, you know, a couple of weeks, we ride two or three times together, and next month I'm riding about one time together, and the next month I'm waving at her on the porch as she goes by. <laughs> it's the truth. And then I realize she's not having as much fun as she used to, because I'm not riding with her. So I said, okay, I start riding with her again two, three times, and I get down to two times at one time, and then it's like a vicious cycle after keeping her mind. She wants me to spend time with her riding this bike, and nothing else can replace that. So is there something on that board I need so that I can just joyfully ride this bike with her? I would think sacrifice, laying down my life, dying for self. That stuff needs to be just so, and it's not a chore to be with my wife. It's just how we are as men and women living under the same roof, how quickly we forget things or take things for granted. So love, away, 
acceptance. The other thing here is we probably don't have enough time to get into all this, but this, this part here we fail at miserably too because this stuff makes us scared. Emotional intimacy and communication. Emotional intimacy and communication. Now be honest, has anybody actually made an effort, this is our third study, to actually have intimate conversation I'm not talking about sex, guys. Intimate communication or intimacy, talking about very those things with their wives since we started. One. Two. It's, a, it's not a passing grade. In the past. So a typical dude, you need to be reminded. I'm not just look for God to open up them doors. Our wives are wired so emotional. Sometimes you can go home and they're all over the place. On the roof, on the floor, on the walls, like they just splatter. You're like, what what? What? You missed it the whole time. If you just been communicating and maybe ministering, you could have hindered uh, or stopped or stayed a lot of the emotional things that our lives go through. But we are passive. We are. We back off when our women start. So pray. Ask God, God, anoint my eyes so that I can see if my wife just needs something special. A talk, a cup of tea, and then a talk, because they don't expect that out of you. Remember when I told you I went home and said, Ruth, let's take a walk. She kept looking at me like, what? What do you want? What's the matter? What's going on? What happened? What'd you do? Swear to take a walk. You never want to take a walk. I know, but I just want to. Because I know it would minister to her. 50 steps down the road, she was looking at me. That's awesome. And I said, well, that stuff, it's not in us to do it. Okay, then the spiritual intimacy. All this stuff leads into God. Spiritual intimacy. Women want God, husband, and wife. God, husband, and wife. The Bible says what about three? A three? What? Three stranded cord is not easily broken. Two stranded husband and wife, husband, they get frayed and one's popped in there. Three cord, God can hold them together. And our wives understand that. They're wired for that. We have to learn it and by faith go to God and receive it and accomplish it. Fourth one is encouragement. They need encouraged. Since we started this study, has anybody... Well, I don't even know if you do anymore because life's so crazy. But if you make opportunity, and you should, the best of your ability, sit down and have a meal together. Has anybody in the last two or three weeks said, you know what, Ruth, that was a great meal. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Awesome. That's a start. That's encouragement. Normally, I probably, I hopefully, if not, then your wife needs to be over there on Wednesday. But normally she probably would say, well, thank you. 
and encourage her and makes her feel good about cooking dinner for her husband and taking care of the house. And he liked it. Now, she might not say it, but it builds that in her. He said, hey, thanks for that meal. That was awesome. So just that way alone, but just in like in caring for your children and in your house. Yes, Fred. I know how we are. We're all pretty much the same when it comes to that. And then your wife also wants companionship. And I, and I feel this one. I guess I feel it all. But my desire is to keep trying. My wife likes to play sometimes some games on here, like Yahtzee. And we would have Yahtzee tournaments. And if we're sitting in the doctor's office, I'll go, want a 20? And she'll go, yeah. And then I'll say, I'm the king of the doctor's waiting room. Because if I win three out of, if I, first one was three is the king. And she kind of just gets a kick out of that stuff. And she really gets it. Because a lot of times I'm going, okay. <laughs> there are various things that will just create a little. Uh, when we first moved in our house, and we bought a puzzle. She wasn't really interested. Come on, let's have some time to puzzle. And so we're putting this. I think it was a 500-piece puzzle. In the beginning, with me, she'd spend a few minutes. I don't want to leave because where's the gas and the real puzzle. But after a while, we were doing it and putting it and talking. TV wasn't on. We were just talking. You know, all about church people. How about, oh, I found this piece. Look, look. That's what that is. And we were just putting it. And we put the thing together, and she's been asking me to buy another one ever since. And I still haven't. I just forget. A puzzle. Anybody have anything to say? Don Something that I've been doing that I can challenge the guy to do, and it's very scary to do it. Most men control the remote of the TV. If you and your wife are sitting to watch TV one evening, hand her the remote. Third thing she'll do is she'll go to HGTV. And you'll have to play House Hunters. Who plays House Hunters in here? One, two, put them up, man, don't be passive. Three, four, five, six, seven, yes, yes. This morning, I already knew, went to bed maybe 1 o'clock in the morning, got up, uh, I was still curious, I wanted to see what happened to Florida, and what was the file, and it was on for two minutes, and we said, enough of that. And I said, okay, you're right, enough of it. Because I knew that was God speaking to me through my wife. Unconditional love. Look, look guys, this is real important. Because if you, if you leave here and you're telling her you're doing all this stuff because we've studied it, and she pretty much thinks, 
That's not the thing to do. Just to just do things. Start to do things in her life. Try to remember. Jot down. Make notes. Read that book that you have. And by the way, they're getting three more books. So if you want a book, you need to let Jeff know right there in the green. Okay, if you want a book. These things will help you to remember because as guys are not good at remembering. I mean, we've all testified to it. Fred said, his wife said this. He's right. i got to be more like that. We tend to forget. And the book will remind you. How many of you in the last week did some insignificant nice thing to your wife, for your wife? A candy bar, a note, something. About half, not bad. Was more the other half? You didn't want to? You didn't remember? You know, just, well, I'm telling you all the time, being very transparent, how I forget what Ruth says to me, tell you what she said to me today, even. We need to work on that receiving. I said, Ooh, I didn't even know what she was talking about. So, you have to work on this stuff. Why not? Why not when there's something nice? A little cute note or something. You remember getting all ready to go take your wife out for a date? Do you still have dates? Who has a date? Who takes his wife out for a date? Do you make it a date or is it just like another... Make it a date. An actual date. I don't want kids. We're going to go to dinner, get dolled up. If we can, you might see a movie. I heard Here Come the Boom is sort of a nice movie. That's not bad. Um, this Abraham Lincoln movie, I'm hoping, is something we can go see. A movie. Ruth, years ago, Ruth loved the popcorn in the movies when movies weren't real filthy. She loves that stuff. Find something that your wife loves, make a date, and do it. Do it before you come back this week. Adam, what was that um, thing you used to always tell me? Every seven days, and every seven weeks, and every seven months. Remember that or not? Is it every seven weeks you should have a date? Every seven every, every seven days, take a day with your wife and your family. Every seven weeks, take a weekend with your wife or your family. Every seven months, take a week with your wife or your family. That is hard to do. But at least something in that realm. Have your kids watched by somebody you trust. Get a room in Zanesville and take your wife out. Dinner in a room. It's kind of exciting. Different. Romantic. Or maybe work to that level, but it is attainable. Why not? It's your woman. It's your wife. Yes, John. Uh, usually we can have money for what we want. So we could schedule those things we schedule. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Whatever it is. I know it's not the time of year, but let's go golf at 6 tomorrow morning. I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. You know, or what else do you guys like to do? Right after this service, uh, who wants to go fishing at the lake at night, night fishing? I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. Who's got the worms? I got them. I got the boots, I got the rods. <laughs> John's right. He's right. 
Remember, unconditional love. Do not give to get. You will be frustrated. Absolutely frustrated. Watch this clip Mike's going to play for us as we wrap this up. Do not give to get. That's big in Christianity. They always tell you, give 10 bucks, God will give you 100. That's ridiculous thinking. Do not give to get unconditional love. To me, this is one of the most powerful scenes in that movie, Fireproof. When I realize it, when I realize who I was and who he was, I realize my need for him. I needed his forgiveness and salvation. See, I, I don't understand that. Why do I need his salvation? What, am I going to be thrown into hell? For what? Because I got divorced? No. Because you violated his standards. What? Thou shalt not kill? Yeah, I help people. I am a good person, according to you. But God doesn't judge by your standards. He uses his. And what it is? Well, truth. Okay, love. I'm honest. Faithfulness. I care about people. I am those things. Sometimes. But have you loved God? The one who gave you life? His standards are so high, he considers hatred to be murder and lust to be adultery. Dad, what about all the good I've done? Son, saving someone from the fire does not make you right with God. You've broken his commandments. And one day you'll answer to him for that. Why you're so frustrated with Catherine, what would you say? She's stubborn. She makes everything difficult for me. She's ungrateful. She's constantly griping about something. Has she thanked you for anything you've done the last 20 days? No! And you'd think after I washed the car, I changed the oil, do the dishes, clean the house, that she would try to show me a little bit of gratitude. Well, she doesn't. In fact, when I come home, she makes me feel like I'm, like I'm an enemy. I'm not even welcome in my own home, Dad. That is what really ticks me off. Dad, for the last three weeks, I have bent over backwards for her. I have tried to demonstrate that I still care about this relationship. I bought her flowers. Wish she threw away. I have taken her insults and her sarcasm, and last night was it. I made dinner for her. I did everything I could to demonstrate that I care about her, to show value for her, and she spat in my face. She does not deserve this, Dad. I am not doing it anymore. How am I supposed to show love to somebody over and over and over who constantly rejects me? That's a good question. Dad, that's not what this is about. So you just ask me, 
How can someone show love over and over again when they're constantly rejected? Caleb, the answer is, you can't love it because you can't give up what you don't have. I couldn't truly love your mother until I understood what love really was. It's not because I get some reward out of it. I've now made a decision to love your mother whether she deserves it or not. Son, God loves you even though you don't deserve it. Even though you've rejected him. Spat in his face. God sent Jesus to die on the cross and take the punishment for your sin because he loves you. The cross was offensive to me until I came to it. But what I did, Jesus Christ changed my life. That's when I truly began to love your mom. Son, I can't say this for you. This is between you and the Lord. But I love you too much not to tell you the truth. Can't you see that you need him? Can't you see that you need his forgiveness? seriousness guys if you don't know Christ like the Bible says you cannot give your wife what you don't have if you have kind of a surface walk with God you can't give her that stuff and so at this point in time before we leave I'm just going to straight up ask you is there anybody in here you just don't have that walk that you want with God. You've never put it all in. God, I'm yours. Like he was doing. If you're here, you just simply ask God, God, take my life, Lord. Make me be what I need to be. Forgive me, Lord. And God will start to make those wires that he put inside of you come alive. And you'll start being that man that God has called you to be. When I'm talking about churchgoers, I'm not talking about good old boys. I'm talking about coming to an end and saying, God, I want you in my life. Is there anybody here that wants to do that? before we go on. Okay, come on up here, Tim. Anybody else want to join? Bruce, can you come up here? Anybody else? You just pray with him. Tim has served the Lord for years, running some rough roads. 
feels like he fell out of the saddle. Wants to climb back in, maybe. Be what God has called him to be. Everybody else will join him. Philip has confessed with his own mouth to me. He says, I want to be a better husband. Philip's Jennifer is so sweet. One of the sweetest women I know. God's revealing that to him. Adam, would you come? Who else would you just admit? Man, I've got some flaws. And just stand before God. And this is called humbling yourselves before the mighty hand of God. Just asking God, I need help to love my wife like I'm supposed to, Lord. I can't do that. I can't do that stuff over there. I'm so selfish. Ed, would you come and pray with Dana? Anybody else? Our young guys, I know that you're not married, but you know what I'm talking about. Fits. 